Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella, back from San Luis Obispo, here to talk about everything that happened this week in surfing. And man, there's a lot of news going on. We saw one of the top five surfers in the world hospitalized at Pipeline. There's some crazy things going on in Tahiti regarding the Olympics and the tower. Um, we have a lot of new edits to talk about. And the biggest event of the end of the year, the Vans Pipe Masters, is set to begin. So we're going to give you a little breakdown on that and everything else happening in Hawaii and the rest of the world. So let's drop in. Mikey, how did I say hello there? It's the same word as goodbye. Aloha. Wow. But what are you doing now? Well, one was it. Or is it like the general term of like kindness? No, it's just how I feel. I come off the plane and I am the embodiment of aloha. Your shirt's not looking that way. It's just gray. You're right. No. Well, it's an Arakawa shirt, so it's, it's, it's got some aloha, but I am taking it off because it just doesn't feel right to be in, in the podcast with, with cotton touching my chest. Is that a Florence jacket behind you? Yeah, it's, it's Garrett's. Maybe a Florence uh, water-resistant jacket? We got lots of aloha going on in here. Does it resist water? Is it Gore-Tex? I would hope so. Wow. Okay. Well, you are, you are coming at me from the North Shore of Oahu. Yeah, fresh out of um, San Luis Obispo. Wow, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How'd you do in the comp, by the way? Uh, I had a rough go. I lost to um, I lost to Kei Kobayashi and Tab Texter. Ah, shit, man. I mean, Tab's been going out in a while. He deserved to win. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does. I had somebody come up to me today on the beach at Pipeline, and they're like, "Wait, I thought you were in." I thought you were in Morro Bay. I was like, God damn it, Buck. <laughs> yeah. Did somebody really say that? Yeah, yeah, fully. <laughs> on the on the um, beach park at Pipe. Like, <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That makes you feel so much better about doing it. That's so cool. Also really scares me about the power of media. We can just say anything on here. I'm going to go way weirder than that now. I love that. I love when just weird wires get crossed. So good. <laughs> A fortuitous forecast and 420000 in cash faces a draw littered with Florence Brothers and Slab Specialists. Yeah, I just saw this draw. They're littered, man. They littered. It's like it's like a little, you know, sometimes when people throw a little bit of trash on the side of the road somewhere and then people throw more and more. That is how I would describe the Florence litter of this draw. They are The litter is there. Yes. It's like a pile of them. So I just left the heat picking for the Vance Pipe Masters, and it was a fascinating show. Um, so the way that it worked is basically names got picked out of a hat one by one. And if your name got picked out of a hat, you got to go and put your name on what started as an empty leaderboard. So for the men's side, there were 10 heats of four. For the women's side, there were five heats of four. So the first person goes up, they put their name in whatever heat they want. Um, at Pipeline, a lot of people don't like to surf early in the morning, so people generally avoided heats one, two, and three. Anyway, it gets built out, and it keeps building and building, and we got some really fascinating heats to talk about here. Buck, what stands out most to you? Dude, that Florence heat, heat nine. The whole trio, and then Amo, Emeo, Zermak, <laughs> Tahiti's finest. That's a fucking crazy heat. And looking at this draw, it's so interesting to see how people played it. Like, I see a lot of friendships in here. And with the leaderboard format, obviously, it makes sense. People are just kind of like, shit, I'm going to get surfed pipe three times. Like, might as well do it with somebody I'm tight with. Like, this is crazy looking. I mean, men's heat nine, that's the Florence Brothers. What do you got? What's what's drawing your eyes in? You know, I actually think it's better. Why don't we just let Mason Ho and Aton Osborne explain their thoughts on this? Emil, um, or that guy, he's, yeah. a, he's a submarine. You don't see him when he surf. He's really? so under it. I don't know if he's under the ledge or in the barrel the whole time, but he's like a submarine, man. Goes by me, I see him underwater. There's Emil again. And then I hear the crowd. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So, so I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in heat night. Because they are all fucking freaks. Florence's versus the submarine. <laughs> Let's see if they even see him out there. <laughs> no, for real. You think I'm joking around this guy. <laughs> yeah, they all look good. What else? I mean, none, of them are, none of them are bad. He's six, too. It looks like a, that's the last heat on earth I'd want to be on. I don't like that one. But 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 I, I like it. I love it to watch, you know, but I don't want to be a, a victim in there. Who's the alpha dog in that heat? The alpha. I mean, I would just have to say 
I mean, just I'm a guy who respect. I'm just full respect my elders. So Jamie O'Brien's like, I was even laughing when when um, or he wasn't. I mean, I wasn't laughing when he wasn't getting picked. But I was like, bro, if there's anyone who like it doesn't even matter where this guy goes, it's a Jamie and John John. But, but Jamie even a little more because he's older. So he's not. Was Emio versus the world? <laughs> <laughs> Emio versus the entire planet. Holy <laughs> shit. I just talked to him, he's like foaming at the mouth, dude. He's he so excited. Oh my god. That guy is an absolute beast. He, wa he wants <laughs> this on paper. He's like the only one who would be excited about it. Oh, that. dude. He was like jumping out of his jacket. He's like, how did you know I you're wearing a jacket? Oh, no, he is. Oh, yeah, he's in a tank top. That guy is ripped, man. His abs are showing. <laughs> he just gained another ab looking at that. <laughs> All right, so I bet you didn't know that Emeo Cesarmac, um, he exists under the water. Yeah, sure. I did. I was not aware before that, but <laughs> certainly when you put it that way, I thought it was very eloquently put, and I agree. Couldn't agree more. But that Heat 6, um, I mean, we're talking Jamie O'Brien, one of the absolute OGs at Pipeline. We actually polled a lot of surfers before this event and asked them who they thought the best ever surf line or best ever pipeline surfer was. And Jamie's name was one of the top ones. I'll just leave it at that. So Jamie's in there with Koa Rothman, Eli Olson, and Makai McNamara. Buck, what happens when you put um four roosters in a pen together? I have no idea. I'm looking at that in the heat and I'm like, man. It's lucky that, like, imagine if you just swap one of those names for, like, I don't want to call anybody out, but somebody who's maybe not that familiar with Pipeline, let's say. <laughs> and you just be like, this poor soul. <laughs> no priority heat. And there you are. No priority. Let's, let's, let's remember that. There's, uh, it's going to be gentlemen's and gentle, gentlewoman's rules out there. So, holy shit. Men's heat six. That is, I don't know what happened. Does anybody even go on a wave? Maybe it's, like, the real... <laughs> The real cocky move is you don't even go. You just wait for the bomb. And you spend your whole heat out there. Yeah, none of these waves are big enough for me. It's just not good enough. for. Yeah, it's not big enough. I'm waiting. I don't care about your scores and your leaderboard. That's the move. That's what I would do if I was in that heat. So it's funny because the Florence thing felt very much premeditated. And Emeo inserting himself in the middle of that, because I believe he was the either the second or the third pick. I know Nathan was first, and then it was either Ivan and then Emeo, or it was Nathan, then Emeo, then Ivan. But it was very clear that the Florence brothers wanted to surf together. We've obviously seen them do that in the backdoor shootout event, and that's something that they seem to enjoy a lot, and they obviously did well. But Emeo, by all accounts, was so excited to be in that, like most people would be terrified. It's like, oh, I'm going out with literally the the trio of brothers who are the most talented and have the most respect out at this wave. I'm screwed. I'm not going to get any. He was apparently frothing at the mouth, basically like, oh my god, I get to surf pipeline with these dudes, and he's probably that's ridiculous. Yeah, he's probably thinking like. On one hand, I'm sure he respects the hell out of those dudes. On the other hand, he's thinking, I'm going to fucking smash these dudes and like etch my name in history. Because if you come out of that heat, the winner, and not just one heat, but three rounds with these guys as the winner, then you are basically your your authority is stamped. He's all he's already done it in Tahiti. Like nobody can question him there. But to do it at Pipeline on top of three of the gnarliest dudes ever who happen to be brothers and will probably be working together in some capacity, like that's just elite level. I'm going to go pretty conspiro right now, but like the other three know the wave so well that they'll really know how to pick the perfect ones. So I feel like as a result, he'll be like, just cause he hasn't spent 30,000 hours out there yet. Um, he'll have to go on ones that are maybe imperfect. I feel like imperfect waves have the potential for higher scores sometimes just because it's like sketchier. You don't think they're going to make it. Um, wow. You heard it here first. I think that's a great call. I really like that. Wow. This is wild. I mean, women's heat three too. Last year's champ, Molly Picklum, Betty Lusakura Johnson, Chris Amore, Kira Pinkerton. That is a stack. Well, three finalists from last year. Betty Lou and and remember Betty Lou and Carissa had that little mm. altercation, you could say. Um, so they've definitely got a history, not just at this wave, but in this very event. So that's going to be fascinating. Um, yeah, watching this all unfold was because you could tell that some people really had a strategy when they were picking, like Mason Host spelled his out pretty clearly um he wanted to surf with people that in his, his the his way of explaining it is that they were nice 
And I think what that really equates to is they're not going to take my waves. <laughs> I like nice people. Yeah. Um, and then with that, with that heat six, it really, it got to a point where one, these guys didn't have a lot of control because um, it was toward the end that all of their names got put in. So there were not many spots left over. And then it just got to a point where it was like, screw it. Like there's already like two big names in here. I guess I'll add a third. And then there's already three big names in here. I guess I'll just add mine in there. So yeah, they're going like full alpha Hawaiian heat. And I just, I can't wait to watch it. But there's so many other good heats too. And um, yeah, it looks like we're going to be kicking off on Saturday. Waves look like they're going to be pumping. I think we're going to try to run men's and women that day. So it should be a full day of competition. Uh, I can't be more excited. But before we get even more into that i just want to take a breather buck did you see um a wave that may have changed the course of history this week by any chance i did and we're gonna get there but before we shift away from this board i just need to call out sophie bell for being the person who missed the who who has apparently the worst motor skills for just like (laughs) placement of her name it's really good finn mcgill has given to her a decent shot but sophie's like she's like half in her box there and i fucking like that like i i back that i would i guess i can put money on her i will put money on her because i i like that strategy she's she's singing outside the box anyway (laughs) i did see a wave that is stupid it's hard to put it into voice uh kanehe 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 hunt yes I think it's yeah. You, you one of those was right. I'm sure or close enough. Okay, let's go. Kanahe Hunt and his eight second tube from piped off the wall today. What the fuck was this thing? So just like for context, you watch that wave. First of all, your mind is blown. Second of all, that day the waves were good. That day, but there was not a single other wave that looked anything like that. In fact, that was the, the amazing thing about that wave was how long it was and how long it stayed so big and hollow which is like pretty uncommon. But like backdoor that day was actually super wedgy and peaky. Like most of the waves coming in were just kind of like teepees. Like people were getting really good barrels, but they were just kind of short, super throaty barrels. I don't know where that thing came from. Well, it came from the, the sandbar. I know that much. And he he caught it so deep in the lineup. Like he was not even, yeah, he wasn't in the spot that you'd normally be taking off. And he definitely didn't come out of that barrel in the normal place that you'd come out. And the more we thought about it and the more we watched it, we were like, has there ever actually been a better wave at backdoor than this? So we put the call out to people on our site. Nobody on our site could name a better one. And we put it out on Instagram as well. I haven't read through all the responses yet, but like we've thought about all the way back to the Curran wave. We thought about some Jamie O waves. We thought about some Kelly waves, some John waves, the Laurie Towner wave. So I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it on this podcast. I will be probably not the first to say it, but that was the best wave ever caught and ridden at Backdoor. What it reminded me of is it's one of those waves that you see, and a wave like this can come through a lot of different places in the world, but it's always a wave that somehow like sneaks under the crowd or people get caught inside by it or somebody takes off and like jumps from the roof or like it's a mind surf wave that he somehow managed to actually mind surf like in real life if that makes sense like everything he did was perfect he took off as deep as you could be he was literally from reports from Balaram who was watching it from like down off the wall he was on that part of the foam ball where it's not slowing you down, but it's actually like lifting you up and propelling you the whole time. Like he was on that little bubble of energy that if he was any farther back or even any farther forward, he might've like, it would have caught up to him and eaten him because he was riding on top of it. He was able to like maintain the same exact speed as the wave and make it to the end. So it's like all these things came together for this kid who we're doing an interview with him tomorrow, by the way, that you'll be able to read on the site. Um, to learn a little bit more about him but from all accounts he's like one of the most mild-mannered kind of sweetest kids that's out at pipeline all the time and pretty much everybody just couldn't be happier for him so yeah well done to Kanehe Hunt. Did the conversation happen yet? The conversation hasn't happened yet. No what do you want to ask him? Did he eventually wash his truck? (laughs) Why? Well because in we found out we talked to Quio who is filming. Quio Young is filming and he's tight with him so he told him hey like there's waves go surf and filming and apparently he's like nah i don't i'm kind of feeling lazy i might just watch my truck instead <laughs> Quio had to convince him to paddle out and he got that wave 
pretty much as he arrived in the lineup. And but now his truck, I, <laughs> how dirty was it? Like, were we talking vacuuming too? I have a lot of questions about this because it is so important to take care of your automobile. And there's another question within that that you you brought up tangentially is that this was his first wave of that session. It said it happened right when it fell off. What do you do after? What do you do after that? Uh, you can't even. What do you do? You do a lap to like tell everybody how sick you are in the water, <laughs> and then you just go in, and then you wash your truck. So he actually did go in for a little bit, and he just kind of like reveled in the moment and soaked it in on the beach with his friends and stuff. Like, I, I don't even think he probably knew the magnitude of what he did. Like, obviously, he would have felt like, oh, that was the craziest wave I've ever surfed. But I don't think anybody would be so like naive to think that like that was the best wave ever ridden at backdoor you know regardless of how crazy your wave may have been just based on the history out there and the quality of surfers but like he actually did but he did go back out because he was like yeah i was sitting on the beach and i was like getting kind of hot and i was like i don't know like yeah i guess but but going back out it's like what are you gonna do like you're gonna try to get another one like it's not gonna happen yeah i i don't really know but you made a big claim before saying that you said official it's the best wave ever ridden backdoor. I'm going to make an announcement. Um, I am going to start a GoFundMe to get him a Yeti 110. I'm looking online now. <laughs> We're going to do a GoFundMe. They're 550 And so look for it on the site. Donate to the cause. Let's get him a fucking cooler. So it should be noted that, unfortunately, Kainehe is not going to be in the Vans Pipe Masters unless potentially one of the Hawaiian surfers um, drops out before the event runs on Saturday. In that case, they could put him in as a wild card. But obviously, this is an invitational event. And if they could, if they were choosing who was going to be in the, in the event today, I'm sure Vans would have chosen him. But the reality is... Up until this point, you know, there were a lot of other Hawaiians who were very deserving to be in it, and he hadn't caught this wave, so his name wasn't exactly front and center. But that being said, congratulations, Kanehe. That is a lifetime achievement Like that I, I don't think we've still really recognized exactly what that was yet. But we are going to chat with him tomorrow, like I said, so keep an eye for that on the site. And in the meantime, we have the Vans Pipe Masters to look forward to. Like I said, the event is going to start on Saturday. The waves look extremely promising. The heat setups, which you can also see in the comp preview that's now on the site, if you want to see all the different heats. We obviously talked about a few that stood out to us, but there are a lot of other great ones to look forward to. Um, and Buck, you're going to be watching this from afar as a spectator. What sort of questions do you have maybe about the, um, I don't know, the format or how it works? Like, what do you, as a person at home, what do you want to know about this thing? And I can try to break it down for you. I want to know how the rest of the people in heap four are going to go. We got, uh, Justin Quintal, Billy Kemper, Emi DeVault and Caius King. That's, that's a really interesting heat to me too. I just, uh, I want to know what the vibe is like out there. There's one that's not like the others in that one. <laughs> we're hearing some rumors about him too. I guess we're going to see, I guess, I guess I might have some questions about certain stickers that might appear throughout this broadcast. Um, some stickers and yeah, tonight there were some t-shirts. Yeah. As an outsider and watching the broadcast, I'll be curious about what a, what a sticker looks like. I wonder if you'll be able to answer that question for me, Mikey. I think they're, I think they're trying to make a statement. I think that the person behind this knows what they're doing. We've obviously been hinting at this for a long time. We did that interview with Billy a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, tonight, a lot of surfers, including Billy Kemper, Noah Bestian, Kala Grace, Makai McNamara, they were all wearing shirts that said Tenori on the back. And it seems pretty clear to me that they're going to use this event to sort of make their official brand drop statement. So I don't know exactly what that's going to be yet. I don't know if they're going to come out with like something very specific and official or if it's just going to be like, hey, we're here and they're probably thinking we're going to win this event. Uh, but we will get as much info on that as soon as we can, and we will share it to you on this podcast and on the site and everywhere else that we share news. So that is something to watch for. It's definitely one of the storylines of the event, I suppose you could say. But as far as the format goes, I think I mentioned this before, it's going to be, you're going to surf three times in the event and you're going to be in your same heat. So the heats that we mentioned are going to stay exactly the same as far as the people within them. You're going to surf, uh, 30 minutes of heat. And you need to get your top three waves over those three heats. So you could catch them all in your first heat. You could catch them all in your last heat. You could catch them over, you know, across all three heats. Whatever you got to do, you just need to get three really high scores. 
and the four surfers with the highest cumulative score are going to go to the final for the men's and the women's. And the winner of that is going to get $100,000 for each gender category. All right. No further questions, Your Honor. Let's see you Saturday. All right. We'll see you there. Oh, and um, yeah, just keep an eye. Stab might be in, in the background somewhere. You might, you might notice some some stab touches on the on the broadcast. So go give it a watch and see if you can't pick out a few things that remind you of home. Ooh, I like this. I will be at home looking for home. World number four, Joao Shianka hospitalized after multiple wave hold down at pipe. Oof. Mikey, I mean, I woke up to this news over the weekend. I think this was kind of trickling in as imagine as you were awake, as you were closer to that side of the planet. But this is one of those headlines where you just, I saw in the morning, I was like, what the fuck? It's almost too much to comprehend at once. Yeah, it's, when when you see someone of that level get injured out there, it really sort of opens your eyes because it's just, yeah, it's different when somebody in the top five in the world has an accident because it makes you realize that like, it truly can happen to anyone. Yeah, and now we've seen the waves. It was a very meaty kind of, the wind didn't look, not a perfect wave by any means and a mean backdoor wave where he didn't really get the board beneath his feet. He was figuring that out quickly and just pencil dove. Um, and we had a eyewitness say that his board was tombstoning and that he had to be pulled from the bottom as he was stuck down there. We know that Jake Maki was the first on him, helped get him to the beach and the North shore lifeguards obviously did their wonderful work from there. And now he's in Queens hospital. Um, I did see in shout out to my Instagram. I get a lot of uh, Brazilian and Portuguese stuff now. (laughs) Um, And I saw something just now in reported and thinking of Portuguese media where his brother Lucas had said that he's okay, but it was hard to get the context around that, whether okay meant, Hey, he's alive because it came out not long after this wipeout or if, Hey, like it's hard to know what okay means, but this is just an insane one. Yeah, so the latest report from over here is that he's going to be um, let out of the hospital today, which is great news. But yeah, oh, and another thing that I heard, Jake Mackey, like you said, was kind of the first one on the scene. And we heard that, first of all, Joao was like basically at the bottom. They had to pull him up by his leash. And that when they got him up, he was wrapped up in his leash, like like basically t- like hogtied by his leash. So they had to like undo his leash like around his whole body and head and stuff like it sounds like it was really really bad and really scary so i don't know how they do it time and time again but like the lifeguards here and everybody else obviously like the surfers responding to it in the moment like anywhere else in the world so many people more people would die like i know pipeline is still the most deadly wave in the world but it could be so much worse if it weren't for these people around here who are just so good at what they do so yeah well done to to everyone for saving another surfer's life and um i have to call it too just one it's crazy how many people many high level surfers have been seriously injured that wave i mean just in the past couple of years we had claw grace last year had the, he got pulled out of the water unconscious evan geisman was years ago i think it was 2015 i think that same year a tahitian charger was pulled out unconscious so like that is some of the most intense stuff you can see in surfing dusty dusty yeah dusty was in between i think evan and kala um kalani chapman nearly died as well uh yeah it's the list goes on it's insane it's really insane so yeah you shot him out before but the lifeguards over there it's just there's nobody better than them in the world truly so yeah best of luck to joao and we'll try to get you more of an update soon you know we obviously want to respect his and his family's privacy in a moment like this but also we'd love to hear from him about you know what he experienced in that moment so we'll um we'll see if that's possible and we'll keep you updated chopu reef massacred by olympic barge this was another crazy thing that at least started circulating heavily over the weekend it is an olympic barge i guess we'll call that it's a barge I believe uh, I'm not super well versed in, in my types of boats, but it looked pretty bargeish to me. I think it was a barge, yeah, it's flat on the deck. Um, anyway, this clip on social media. Obviously, the Olympics are coming to Chopu 2024. The rest of the games will be in Paris or close enough to Paris. 
as Tahiti is a French territory, it was decided that it'd be at Chopu. Uh, funnily, because this is kind of resurfaced now that there's so much debate around whether or not it should go through here. Um, I remember years ago, I was living in Biarritz, and I know that town was going for it, Hossegor was going for it. There are towns putting forward these like campaigns to host the Olympics. Um, even though those waves in August, you'd have to get pretty lucky to even get any like you'd be lucky almost if you get oh, if you're really lucky you get good waves but that they'd have to resort to that that paddle race we did oh my god it'd be a paddle race <laughs> it really might be so i almost wonder if they are questioning that decision now because yeah no you can just throw a, whatever you want up on a big long beach Oscar. just get rid of the end it's fine anyway so everybody in chopu it seems like i don't think you can find one person that seems for this uh there's just been so much resistance to this so much for good reason just um they're worried that it's going to cause long-term damage to the reef there for a few days of competition they'll just come and go and for them just not worth it so that's crazy i mean i think chopu would be a lot better if it was just like a beach break or something yeah just fucking get the barge out There's been so many occurrences of boats like this one didn't get stuck, but it got it was damaging reef. There's a clip of this thing. Just you see it taking off chunks of the reef. There's stuff going around the reef after. And so I think they're just out there to survey it. But this was just a horrific look for the Olympic Committee that's trying to the whole thing is around building a structure there, a judging structure. The WSL's old one wasn't very invasive. They want to build a big concrete one. This barge is there, checked some things out. This barge destroyed some reef. And now it's almost just like, you're fucked. Like, I think it's like the best thing that could have happened for the locals. Obviously, it sucks that that part of the reef got damaged. But if their real goal is to not have a permanent structure built into their reef, I mean, this is a way better... Yeah, like you took a little bit of damage on one part, but it means that most likely now they're not going to have this permanent structure built, which is huge like that's what they've been campaigning against this entire time and the isa came out yesterday well it's not yesterday by the time you're hearing this so a few days ago and they basically said hey um and this is not their words i'm you know summarizing but they said hey we see what's going on they kind of tried to push blame you know along to different organizations like the french polynesian government and blah 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 but they said yeah we we see what's going on and we're gonna try to figure out something else so it seems like changes are being made and the locals are being heard but it is probably because of this incident and you see that in everything in news like nobody really cares about something until there's some sort of traumatic event and then everybody cares about it, apparently. So, yeah, that's kind of like what the ISA and the IOC are dealing with right now is like there's so much visibility on this because they fucked up so badly. So uh, it sounds like it might be a win for the locals and for um, fans of Reef Breaks, which I just don't understand. I think we should be making Chopo into a sand-bottomed wave. Oh, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> just bounce off it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be keeping an eye on this. We still don't know exactly how it's going to end up. Obviously, the locals just want to use the tower that's been used for over 20 years by the WSL. It's a wooden tower. It gets put up and taken down every year with limited impact on the reef. They say that it's totally secure and fine. The Olympics has their own criteria for what they consider fine, which I understand that uh, a lot of things in surfing probably would not meet those criteria. But hey, you came to us and um, this is, I guess, how we do things. So figure it out, Olympics. <laughs> I just love the WSL. I was kind of taking those shots, or the, not WSL, the, the ISA. <laughs> well, the WSL has got to be loving this too, right? Because like, they're, you know, they have some connection to the WSL. They obviously get a certain amount of CT surfers that get put straight in. But like the ISA is clearly the connective tissue between the surfing world and the Olympics. And the WSL is just coming out of this looking rosy. Like the Tahitians are using them as like the pristine example of what a surfing organization should do when they come to a place like this. Mm. So yeah, the WSL gets the dub here. <laughs> Take them while you can get them. Yeah, and we're about to learn about uh, an L that they potentially took this year. So let's get into that. (laughs) It's a J, actually. They lost. (laughs) Why the WSL is really 
not going to J-Bay in 2024. Wow, these stories did really sync up nicely because when the 2024 schedule got announced, which saw J-Bay Axe, Cloudbreak added, and the Surf Ranch also axed, um, there's kind of just a, like, hey, this is, you know, it's a busy year at the Olympics, and, you know, you got the ISA World Games that the Olympic qualified surfers have to compete in, so we couldn't really sneak it into the schedule. It's, you know, a little, that's, that's why it's gone, guys. Don't worry. This shouldn't surprise anybody. It's about money. Um, J-Bay is an expensive event to run. We had an insider peg at 4 mil, whereas other CT events can cost between 2 and 3 mil. Um, and it also was up against some time zone issues. It's a great time zone for Europe. Ah, it's actually, I prefer it when it starts in the afternoon, so you can watch it in the evening. J-Bay were like synced perfectly up with, so you get to watch surfing all day and if you have other shit to do, it's like annoying. You're like, oh, do it later when I'm done. So I guess it's annoying for everywhere, but it's especially hard for the U.S. and Brazil, which drives most of that audience. Um, it's in the middle of the night for you guys. You you wake up and you know you can't watch a full day of competition. Yeah, Tay Kitts did a really good job of breaking this down. So she spoke to a lot of people in the surfing industry, especially those related to South Africa. So she spoke to Duma, uh, Damien Farenfort, who is a former pro surfer and Jordy's manager, among other various business things that he has going on in the surf world. Uh, she spoke to a lot of people, kind of like OG people from J-Bay who have been around, seen it all happen and understand how the whole thing works. And I suppose the silver lining of all this, and I will say it too, like, it is really annoying how, like, yes, the WSL has certainly been overweighted toward rights in the past however many years, decades, whatever. But to, like... Shush with it already, whatever you're saying. But how do you take away the best right to put a left on tour? You know what I mean? Like... Oh, no, shush. Come on. Shush. You couldn't take Margaret's or Bell's or, like, just... No, 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 regular footers are not allowed to complain about this. Shush. (laughs) anyway um the the story breaks down everything and like i said the one silver lining is that the people of j-bay are like okay well you know we really looked forward to this event all year it was good for us financially it was good for us culturally like south africa is very very far from the rest of the surfing world geographically like they are seriously like so far from you know the americas from australia even from europe it's like a pretty decent flight you know like it's just it's really down there away from everything else yeah we're still like 12 hours away yeah so it's um it's it's really hard for them to kind of stay connected and this was the one event that everybody really looked forward to on the ct obviously they have um you know a cs event and qs events and stuff as well but this was the one that really drew the eyeballs and they're losing it, but they're like, you know what? J-Bay is such a special wave. So many people love this event so much, and we think that there's still an audience for it, even if it's not the WSL putting on an event. So there are very strong rumors of the locals organizing some sort of event that could bring in you know, some really high international talent, similar to what Quicksilver did this year in France. France also lost a CT event recently, and we saw some really, really incredible surfers show up for that Quicksilver Festival. The waves were pumping, and it was one of the most talked-about events of the year, despite it not being a CT event. So I think that they're aiming for something similar down there in 2024. Wow. How funny, how funny of it if, like, the old tour just comes back, like, entirely. It's just like, <laughs> Bill Bong Pro J. Quicksilver. No, it's a festival, actually. They're both festivals. <laughs> yeah, it's just a festival series. It's, Get it's, Diplo to play. <laughs> World Surf Festival Tour, WSL. <laughs> that honestly sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> it might work. There we go. We figured it out. Everybody's been talking about it for a while. We figured it out. Just call them festivals. Go to any of the waves that got kicked off that are good still. And uh, there you go. That's and incorporate it. drugs again. We need more drugs in surf events. Dude, Rip Girl, we'll, we'll get them back in Chile. They'll go back. <laughs> The 13th and final stab end of the year entry, Zoe McDougal in I Love You. Ooh, wow. Wow. Lucky 13 because Bitcoin is worth more money than it was before. Dude, Bitcoin is surging right now. If you have an edit in for edit of the year, you're licking your chops. Yeah. How pissed do you think if somebody was like, uh, like, I don't know what it got down to this year. You paid more attention to that stuff. What was like the low point this year? Like 10? No, no, it didn't get down to 10. It was um at one point, I don't know if it was this year or early, no, but it was it was around the 15 mark at, 
at some point and then i think it stayed around the like 18s for a while and then it couldn't get past 30 and now it's just exploding wow wow right in time right in time and zoe's trying to sneak in here lucky number 13 i love you nice name do you love her edit it's really good it's really really good um she goes to some really good waves. She surfs in France. She surfs in Indo um, and beyond as well. And she surfs with some really good surfers as well. She's with Katie. Um, she's with Coco. It's a really fun edit. Um, this edit, I think, is a really good representation, too, of her sort of personality, which when you first meet her is kind of subdued. But then she starts to open up a little bit and you kind of see how she's like she's pretty sarcastic and um, fun loving as well. And yeah, I think it all comes through and I love you. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it always says a lot about a person when they can kind of roll when different groups of people seem to like them, you know, like they could just go from one group of people that, and they get along with everybody and everybody seems to like them. She's that type of person. I think she's great. And I wanted to see this because she fucking rips. And she rides a line too between like the contest and the free surf side too. Like a lot of people really focus their energy one way or another. And she very much um, apparently, you know, cares a lot about each side of it. Like she's obviously trying to make the tour, but at the same time, she makes the time in her year to like go on these trips, hang out with like cool surfers more on like the trendy artsy side. And I think it's a good move for her. Well, we love Zoe too then, it seems. Um, so... Good edit name. Mikey, who's taking this Bitcoin home? <sighs> All right. We got 13 edits. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, I should mention, Huey Vaughn pulled out at the very last second um, for, I think that they wanted a little bit more out of the edit. I think I talked with Stace and he was like, look, it's really good. We love it, but we know it can be better. We know what Huey's capable of. And we don't want to just rush this out because of the stab edit of the year 2023 deadline. And it sounds like we are going to do a 2024 version. So we could be getting a Huey one early next year, just so everyone's aware that didn't just like disappear into thin air. There was some thought around it. And yeah, the guys at Quicksilver and Huey and Stace and everyone just thought, you know what, we're going to hold this. We're going to make it a little bit better. And we're going to come in strong in 2024. Just as, do you remember who the first Sabbath end of the year was this year? Was it Jacob Wilcox? It was good memory. Yeah. So Jacob Wilcox came in with what he called, the clips sitting on my hard drive that I don't know what to do with. And it ended up being like six minutes of spectacular, incredible surfing. It's stupid good still. It's so good. I I, I rewatched it not super recently, but maybe a few months ago, I was like, fuck. He set the bar high. Kale Walsh also won with the first stab edit of the year entry in 2022. So there's something there. West Australians coming in hot. Um, later in the year, about midway through the year, we got one from Sean Manners. That was incredibly strong. Another West uh, Australian. And it was his Cult of Freedom part from Globes. We'd obviously been working on it for a while. And just there's some unbelievable surfing in there. And it sort of set the tone for what the rest of his year would look like. I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago, maybe on the podcast about how much he's done and how much he's released recently. There's also another edit on the site that he dropped with Former this week um, that we'll maybe talk about in a little bit. But yeah, Sean's is to me, I think the, the work that he put into that, it put it a little bit above Jacobs. And then we also had some really, really strong edits. We had one from Liam O'Brien, where he's just surfing very stupid waves, um, like crazy, crazy waves. And we had one from Katie Simmers, Beljar. That was really, really strong. She got, among other things, that wave at Chopes. Uh, Lucas Godfrey, this one probably didn't get, in my opinion, as much attention as it deserved. I think he's by far one of the best surfers out at Pipeline. And this was a very clear example of that. It was really, really impressive to me. Um, Leon Glatzer had one from all the lefts in the world. Hugo Ortega, um, also Indo and beyond. Miguel Blanco, Charlie Quirant, um, Alonzo Correa surfed. Euro Lords. Exactly, Euro Lords. And then a South American tube freaking fiend who got more barreled than probably anyone um and noah lane recently getting very barreled in ireland and grayson henrick so the list goes on but in the last week or so we also had one or i guess last two weeks we also had one that had been much hyped and that was by russell bierke the outermost edge of leisure and to me that was the first one that really competed with sean's so to me, stab editor of the year, I mean, it's always as great as well, but I think that the waves that these guys are surfing is just on a slightly different level. 
to me, it's between Russ and Sean. And I think I'll reserve my vote for the actual Stab Surfer of the Year polling, which is happening right now. So, um, yeah, because th- I don't want to I don't want to sway anybody's opinion at this point. There's still too much ground to cover and, you know, too many people need to make their own decisions. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm saying it's between Sean and Russ. Yeah, I got to rewatch them. that. I forgot how many really good ones are in there. I did. Um, so I did. I watched Russ's. And I was like, wow, that was incredible. And then I was like, but wait, Sean's was incredible. I need to go back and watch Sean's again. And after I watched Sean's, I had in my mind a clear winner. Wow. I I got to go. I haven't watched Sean's in a bit, so I got to go hit that. But um, I don't know. If Eric Guy Russ, we've talked about Eric Guy Russ in this program before, when he was in Katie Simmer's Ramble On, when she went and surfed some waves with him. Um, mm-hmm. If he just threw that one air reverse clip, if he just landed another, I, it would have pushed me over the edge. Easy. What about so, the airs he was doing over the ledge at Shipsterns? Yeah, but just one in like a in like a waist high wave, it would just look so funny in comparison to the rest of the edit. It would have it would have had me right away. So I'm gonna have to really think about it now, Russ. Look what you've done for yourself. All right. Well, we will find out soon who the people pick as stab edit of the year because we're like I said, we're doing our stab surfer of the year polls. We're gonna speak to 45 of the most influential people in the surfing world. And then we're also gonna get the opinions of our stab premium members. They're gonna make up the last 10% of that vote. So keep an eye on your inbox. We'll be sending that out shortly. And by, yeah, the end of December, we'll have some, or no, sorry, by early Jan, we'll have some winners for you because we're not going to be re- starting the, the release process of these until I think around Christmas. Damn. Anyway, we were talking about Sean quite a bit. He's had a busy year. I mean, we've also got, I mean, this is a, we're doing the East every two weeks. And so this is a gap week. Fill a little of a gap with a film called Growing Normal on the Phone, which is made by Sean's close friend and just insanely talented man, Toby Cregan. It's presented by Former. Really well done. I really enjoyed this thing. I watched it earlier today. Um, it gets more into Sean's character. It's a lot of footage you've probably seen before. And then some old stuff that you haven't seen before, just him growing up and it's really good. There's a clip of his dad hammering a turn in there, which I love. Anytime. Oh, I saw that. I had no idea his dad surfed that well. I knew he shaped his board, so I assumed he, you know, surfed all right. But that was fucking proper. Yeah. Anytime you throw a dad turn in there, you're gonna get this podcast behind you. So no, t- <laughs> no, to any pro surfers who are doing any project with dads who rip, get it in there. Anyway, so we've got that on the site right now. We've also got a long read that's probably confused most people that are unfamiliar with the game of cricket and intrigued pretty much everybody uh, by Billy Wilson about surfing cricket. <laughs> Go get into that. Try to make sense out of it. I tried. I think I did. It's great. <laughs> it was a fun read. Um, and then the project that we've been talking about a bit on here before, but the strike mission we did to mainland Italy with Leo Fioravanti is now live. That is a free-for-all. That's on YouTube. Uh, it's going really well. It's crushing it's on YouTube. It. It's going on f- It's on fire. You put biggest or best and then uh, a thumbnail of Leo Fioravanti and most importantly, Robo, Robbie D'Amico's butt cheeks on it, and it's going to explode. Dude, big cheeks. He's got some big boiled hams back there. <laughs> <laughs> some big old Christmas hams. Anyway, go watch that. It's free. Um happy with how it turned out you get a little bit of background and uh yeah you get to see the waves that we scorched thanks again to a sponsor koa because uh trying to explain to uh, a business that has never really done stuff with surfing before that you're just going to change the entire plan like two days before the plan is supposed to happen it's an interesting conversation and luckily they but this is a a perfect example of why you do that right because you could have gone to ireland and gotten whatever windy onshore waves might have been available but instead you pivoted and now you have something that's exploding on youtube people are super interested in it i think this is like a huge win for everybody yeah i'm happy it went that way i just i would have not expected a non-academic brand that isn't used to surfing being like hey we're gonna just go to a completely different country because the ocean said so to be like what's wrong with you why we're not gonna give you any of this this deal anymore um so well good on you k-way thanks guys thanks guys you make big puffy jackets that keep people warm so thanks for that too um 
Anyway, speaking of keeping warm, Best Wetsuits is dropping next week. We've got that for Monday, the 11th. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We're getting to wet wetsuit season, best wetty season. And then keep your goddamn eye on that Vance Pipe on Masters. Mikey's going to be there. He's going to be talking to people in their ear on a producer role, I think, right? Or what do you call it? What's the name? Oh, no. So I found out today that I'm I'm the guy who talks to the guy who talks to the people. Oh. So I'm... I'm I'm way down the ladder. Shit. Danny's going to be the one directing the show, which I I've, I'm so happy because I have no idea what I'm doing, and he is a fucking master of all these things. Um, but yeah, I'll be on the sort of storytelling side, I suppose. You will not see me whatsoever if I do my job well, hopefully, and I may or may not be wearing a shirt, so we'll leave that to... Uh, it'll be a secret that we'll keep on the podcast, I suppose, because nobody will see me in the webcast. Let's see. And now let's reveal one secret with the surf sin. What up, Stab? Trying to keep this one quick, but I guess my sin is always claiming the waves suck, no matter what, even if I had a bit of fun. The context is I'm from Northeast Florida, St. Augustine, and I'm not wrong. The waves do always suck. Even when it's like relatively better than it's been, it's, it's still bad. But yeah, I could probably use a use an attitude refinement or of some sort, and you know I just feel guilty and ashamed of telling so many people when they ask me like how was it? I just always like shit a couple like always just bumming everyone out just like a fucking bum, just a bummer, not a stoker. I used to be a stoker. I want to get back there, and that's why I'm, um, you know, coming to you guys for help. So it would be nice if I could get a get a good penance. Huh. Interesting one. We actually, speaking of best wetsuits, as we were just before, on day one of it, we were like, it just suited up to try the second suit of the day. It was fucking hideous out. The waves were bad. It was, we thought we were going to find a little gap in the rain. We did not really find it. It was like, let off for a little bit. And we're like, yeah, it's not going to rain anymore. That was a lie. It was going to still rain. And it was just sideways. It was hell. It was, you probably, you don't, it's not waves you would have surfed unless you were tying a wetsuit or you were randomly the guy that was walking back from a surf as we were walking out there. And uh, my fellow test pilot laura crane just asked the guy like oh how was it and like you know how you know people will just even if it's bad they don't usually tell you it's bad he was like cold you could tell too he just went like bad and then just kept walking we started <laughs> laughing so hard <laughs> so i don't disagree with this tactic i think it's like it's only shit when you're like just saying it's bad is fine it's shit if you say oh i was firing before and now it sucks like then you're a dickhead um but wait but so you took the sin as like him misleading people or not even necessarily misleading people but just putting other people in a bad mindset because i thought it was like he felt bad that he was just this negative source of energy even for himself like he just never saw he wasn't seeing the fun in surfing yeah i mean he did mention that he's saying that it sucks people too so i I am i'm latching onto that a bit but yeah because otherwise whatever you could just deal with that on your own i think it's to me, it gets to be more of a sin when that energy is seeping out and affecting others, which was my interpretation of this sin, yes. Okay, okay. Well, do you have a penance in mind? I do. All right, hit me. I think he said he went from stoked phase to bummer phase, stoked phase to bummer phase. Um, I think what he needed to do was to go from stoked to stoic. Um, I think he should have adopted the philosophy of the stoics. Um and so nothing is good or bad it just is it just is you know just be very rational look at what's in front of you try to take a very non-emotional strategic route to what you want and be happy yeah just like just like any other florida man yeah just like every other florida man (laughs) just logical rational just do the thing that makes the most sense grounded you know (laughs) um and so I think I'm going to, again, kind of attach it to people, like his interactions with people, because I think 
the Stokes would, you know, they'd want you to look deep inside, but for me, I want them to look outside too. And so I want them to don't lie. Don't be like, it's good out there. That's shit. Don't, don't say, just say what it is. If it's bad, it's bad. Guess what, buddy? You live in Florida. It's pretty shit. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to. But it's also fun. It's fun. Bad waves are fun. You can have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think he just needs to, anytime he's reporting the waves, he just needs to include, you could just look up like stoicism quotes and you'll get a bunch to arm you up. But just anytime <laughs> he's asked for a surf report, he just needs to ask, he just needs to affix like uh, a little stoic quote to the end. So like, it's pretty shit out there but we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. <laughs> Just tell somebody that. <laughs> we're like, we're like, oh, well, the wind got on it, but there's difficulties that show what men are. <laughs> so I think that's going to be the game changer for him. It's just anytime he's, he's looking at it, he could be personal with it too, but it's funnier when you say it out loud or to, especially out loud to a stranger. But um, yeah, if he's feeling if he's feeling unmotivated, just look up some Stoic philosophy, find a quote that somewhat applies to the situation you're in, and, and just start laughing again. Go surf. I think that's a great one. That's really good. Um, okay, so mine is, I think humans have a s- tendency to hyper focus on negativity. Like for instance, I think on something like you know Instagram or whatever. If somebody's far more likely to comment something negative than something positive. Like it's just human nature. I don't know what it is exactly, but there's just something about it. And I think the place you probably see that most prominently is on Yelp because nobody's going to have just like a nice normal experience at a restaurant and go write a Yelp review about it. But if you have like a shit experience, you're like, Oh fuck these guys. I'm going to go light them up on Yelp. So what I think he needs to do, I think he needs to get comfortable with being positive. And I think that that starts on Yelp. So the next five times that he goes out to dinner or even to like an, I don't know, an entertainment venue, somewhere that would have a Yelp account, I want him to go and I want him to leave a positive review. He can note a few negative things, but it needs to be overall positive. He needs to see, you know, the work that went into it, the people that were there that helped him along the way. And I think he needs to try to, you know, just always see the positives in these things. And I think that will translate to surfing. And he'll realize that there are a lot more good things in each session than bad. I love the sentiment of this, but dude, Yelp? Who has used Yelp since 2010? Well, okay, Google reviews? You want him to follow them on MySpace while he's at it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe I'm a little bit outdated, but... Go go rate his surf on wannasurf.com. <laughs> Five stars? <laughs> All right. Fuck you, Buck. Only the real ones are going to get that. <laughs> All right. I guess you can do Buck's thing then. Because as we know, suffering is more in our minds than reality. No, I like the sentiment. Do it. Do it in Google Maps where everybody uses these. Okay, things. okay. Do it on Google Maps then. Apparently, that's where people are leaving reviews. Have you looked at Yelp in how long? No. I don't know if I've ever looked at Yelp. But no, the, well, okay. Sometimes, whatever. Yeah, do it on wherever wherever reviews are left nowadays. Do it on there. Google Maps. Okay, Google Maps. And if you have a sin, you know what to do with it. Goddamn, send it in a heel. <laughs>